0: I think now, I think in the United States, I think nowadays in our culture, yeah, I think people are afraid of becoming irrelevant and disrespected.
1: I mean, that's powerful. I Absolutely. mean
0: why would why would anyone want to tell their age if they're afraid? So <laughs> that's where the movement comes in that we need to be loud and proud yeah. about who we are, what our age is, and what we have to offer, because we have a lot to offer.
1: Have you ever thought about what it means to be middle-aged? Well, I've thought about it a little bit, especially since I guess I'm technically rolling into that time of my life. But I often don't feel like that's an accurate portrayal of who I am, a middle-aged man. I'm just a man, a person who is trying to change how people sense and feel what it means to be in your 40s and as you go on in 50s and 60s and everything beyond that. My guest today on Dr. D's social network is Laura Rubin, who is a middle-aged life navigator and discusses everything related to being middle-aged, what does that mean, and changing the identity and the conversation of what it means to go through midlife. I think you'll find this conversation really enlightening and full of a tremendous amount of wisdom. So check out the conversation with Laura Rubin. All right, we're back with the one and only Laura Rubin. Thanks for coming back.
0: Thanks for having me back. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I, was, I really enjoyed our last conversation and you know, talking about kind of life in your 40s. After your 40s and midlife kind of thing, which I think people may have reevaluated that on some level during the pandemic. I mean, what are your let's thoughts about that? Yeah, let's experience. hope they did. Tell me what your experience Yeah.
0: Um, you know what, for me it really helped you know, everything gets taken away obviously you, you know, you're working from home or, you know, you no longer go in the office, all of those things. And you start reevaluating what's important and what's not, which is something that I encourage my clients to do anyway in midlife, but the you know, COVID and the shutdown and the pandemic kind of forced a lot of people to do that, that maybe weren't thinking about doing it previously. I actually thought, you know, there were some good things about it.
1: Uh, so what are the best things you think? came from that?
0: I think a reevaluation of what's important, what's not. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the the second piece to that that's so important, though, is now that we're opening back up, do you remember what you decided was important and not? And are you going to follow through? (laughs) Because now, you know, all everything's opening back up, and you're able to meet with people and do things. For me, I got really judicious about my calendar, what -hmm. I would accept and not accept. And figured out what really worked in terms of, I work best in the morning versus the Mm -hmm. afternoon. What do I schedule here? What do I schedule there? Um, One of the things that I found myself doing in pandemic though, was because everything was going online. I was like, oh, I'm going to join this. I'm going to join that. Mm. I'm going to do all of these things. And then I found myself, and that's why I went to the calendar. I found myself overbooking myself and being, you know, just drained and obviously the Zoom fatigue and all of those things. And so I almost was like, oh, in the beginning, it's like, oh, things are gonna fall away. And then I just filled my calendar right back up again. And then it was like, oh, I really need to look at this. So I went back to being looked at my calendar again and judiciously decided what works, what doesn't work, what do I need to cut out? So it's been good.
1: That makes sense. What would you say, like, let's do a comparison of maybe the things that people think about midlife before the pandemic and then after, and as things have opened up. What are the maybe the concerns people had about midlife before? And what are those concerns now from your point of view? Let's see.
0: Um I think I think that before
1: it was taking time
0: from themselves. Can they do that? Is there time for them to step back and do something for themselves? And then of course, during the pandemic, there's all this quote unquote free time. So they had to fill those with with things that they wanted that maybe they were hoping to do or didn't have time to do reading more, maybe taking up some sort of Mm -hmm. um, art activity or hobby or something. So now they've got this free time and they can do it. Now we're opening back up and again, you know, are you going to stick with that? Was that a lasting change? Did you enjoy that? Is that something that you want to keep in your life?
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I find people that as they enter into the midlife, that they haven't, they don't really have many hobbies. Like work has been their hobby and their definition of their life. What do you talk to people about things like that? I mean, I find it that it's, you can't be just all in one basket, you know,
0: That is correct. But society would like us to think that success is college, career, children, Mm -hmm. marriage, children, all of those things. And so we go through life on autopilot on, you know, zooming along, checking off all those boxes. And then you're right, you hit midlife and it's like, you look back and or you look at your life where it is and you're thinking, well, I should be successful, but it doesn't feel, something's missing, it doesn't feel right. And I think it's just because we just are modeled, that's the trajectory, that's where we go. And no one stops to look, to really stop long enough and say, is this really what I want? Well, this is what everybody else is doing. This is what's being modeled. This is what I think success is supposed to be. And then you do, you reach midlife and maybe your kids move maybe you lose your job maybe you know you get divorced all of those things that kind of shake up the status quo and it's your opportunity to look at the look at your life and go there's something more don't know what it is but it's great it, i kind of call it you're, you're at the intersection of curiosity and wisdom and you mm-hmm. you you've gained so much wisdom along the way yeah. now you can be curious about what the future holds it's time to dive in see what that is
1: Do you think that model's changing? I think so. I think I actually really think it's changing because I think you're seeing less uh, people having children or having less children. I think people are saying like, you know, I don't have to do this. I don't have to have this cookie cutter lifestyle. And this is what success means. Well, tell me what you've kind of seen from your observation about how that's changed.
0: I, I agree with you. And I think that people are becoming more aware that there is a different way to do things. Yeah, I especially think that uh, people in midlife are starting to realize now, I always say, this is not your mother's midlife. I think we are in a <laughs> different way of looking at so things. So true. Yeah. And I think that because of that, We are starting to model a different way, which the younger, you know, the younger generation, the people before us can see, oh, midlife doesn't have to be like my grandmother's midlife. It can be like my mom's midlife, which is we're active, we're vibrant, we're doing things. You know, we are taking control of our lives and living life on our terms.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that shift happening pretty radically. And I think it may even be more since the pandemic that people like, you know, I, why do I have to follow this path? You know, I love this. This isn't your mother's midlife. There's something, there's something crazy about that. It's like, cause you exactly. think my mom
0: looks at it like,
1: it's just a difference. Like you think yeah, you're doing mom, nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My mom is 90 and different than where I I didn't have the opportunities and the thing, I mean, their idea of midlife and what they did was completely different than what we're doing right now. I think there are so many more opportunities for us. There are so many things, people are just more open to a different way of doing things and you're seeing it. And I agree with you that the pandemic really opened up people's eyes and thoughts about doing things differently, no matter what it was, we were all forced to do life differently. And it was our, everybody's opportunity to look at how are we going to do life differently, no matter what stage of life, you know, we were in,
1: you know, I want to, you know, you want to be sensitive to all the things that happen during the time and stuff, but do we need a disruption on some level to our collective consciousness of what it means to grow old? Do we we need something to stop us in, in some way? I do.
0: I really do. And I think the disruptors are starting. There are people now, if you, when you do searches online, there's a gentleman by the name of Chip Conley that runs the um, Modern Elder Academy down in Baja. And that is his whole platform is changing the narrative around midlife and aging, midlife and beyond, really. Uh, There's a gal, Dr. Barbara Waxman, she has coined the term middle essence. She is on a real campaign to change the narrative around um, midlife. I think that we are, when people in these stages are starting to stand up and show that there's a different way to do things. And yes, there has to be a disruptor because society for so long has just allowed this narrative. And so it's going to be up to us to change that. And hopefully that's going to trickle down. At you know, to the younger stages, and then as they get to this stage, they're going to treat midlife in a completely different way.
1: You ever seen those um, pictures of people who were supposedly like 30 years old back in the 20s and 30s, and they look like they're like 60. Yes, you're like, Oh my gosh, how could this person be 35? (laughs) You know, like, and then you see humans today who are 50, you know, 45, 50 years old. You know, and like, wow, that person is like, that doesn't look what I perceive that to be.
0: Right. And that's the other piece of it is what's getting shown in the media, who is showing up. I think that we are a way more, way more fit, way more conscious about. Uh, taking care of ourselves, both physically, uh, mentally, spiritually, all of those things. We aren't sitting in the rocking chair, yeah. waiting for life to happen or just sail <laughs> into the sunset. We are active. We are doing things in our lives and I think it changes it changes the way we look. It really does. We also don't have the hardships that they yes. had in the 20s and 30s. That's so, true. you know, we, we life's a little easier for us. And so our bodies are able to age a little bit better than back in the 20s and 30s.
1: How do you think we're gonna, sh- it feels like we're gonna shift the line of what actually is midlife. Like what that age range is or what does that mean? Do you see that changing in the future? How we define what is midlife?
0: I do, I do. And I also think that, you know, I think the term midlife, Is going to be used less and less. I mean, it's an accurate term because basically it's the middle of your life. So it's an accurate term. It has negative connotations. Mm -hmm. But I see that going away. And yes, I see if you want to think about, you know, as longevity, as we live longer, obviously the middle of our lives, you know, pushes further out. I've actually seen some timelines. I read something here recently that they that whatever I was reading pinpointed middle age as like 55 to like Mm. 65 or something like that. They, they, uh, or maybe it was 50 to to 60. I can't remember. Anyway, they definitely had pushed it out. And I think it will, I agree with you. I think it's going to push out.
1: Yeah, I think, I think so. And, you know, if you look at it, like, like what was retirement for? Yes. You know, the original concept of retirement kind of wasn't for what it is no, it put, was you know
0: it was to put the older people who were working, entice them to stop working so yeah. that the younger people had jobs. It That's was right. not- necessarily a (laughs) positive thing and then they turned it into let's make retirement communities where everyone's the same age can play golf and travel (laughs) and on it well that sounds good I mean on some level for me it's I have way more life and activity and vitality and vibrancy that I want to share with the world and I want to get out there traveling's great I enjoy it golf's great I enjoy it but it's not all I'm going to do.
1: You think that people also like, we've kind of pushed people into, well, when you're retired, that's when you can have a good time. Yes. That's when you can do things. And I think people are seeing it more like, well, I would like to do these great things when I'm more youthful too. I mean, like, why do I have to wait till I am at a certain point at, at exactly age, right. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. that's ex- And that's about living life on your terms. How do you want to live your life? Do you, instead of waiting to retire, to travel, travel now figure out how does it work for you what what works you know what works best you don't have to wait do it now
1: i think it's like you were saying like people changing how they how they see the world in a sense like breaking these stereotypes or norms and a disruption of that because i think you know for me i'm in my 40s i'm 43 and i still have remnants of the whole retirement thing and you know, of uh, this certain type of lifestyle you're supposed to live. But, you know, I got in my thirties, I was like, why am I listening to this? Like, why? And I just feel like this is a larger collective movement, a consciousness of like, I don't have to behave this way. But I also feel like people are very sheepish. You know, they struggle having individual identities to question kind of longstanding ideas about things, you know?
0: I would agree, I would agree. Like you said, we've been fed This is how you progress through life. These are the stages you go through. So the like, as you said, the disruptors right now are so important to change that because I I don't believe that that's how life has to be, and I think there are more and more people that are believing the same thing that think there's something else, although they're not sure what that is. So it's a little scary, you know. They're like got to be something else, not sure what it is. And so you've got that tug of the old way and this pull of wanting something new, and you're just kind of stuck in the middle, but it's taking that step. It's just keep stepping, keep taking those steps, try new things, talk to new people, you know, you find, find your tribe that believes the same thing that you do.
1: Tell me a little bit. I think it's a good refresher of your motivation for really making this a big portion of things you speak about midlife and and all this where does this come from Yeah.
0: so as we talked about i ticked off all the boxes and i reached this point where things were going great life was great but something was missing and so i i, I did lose my job so right. i came to a crossroads of do i go back to doing what i've always been doing or do i change it up do i do something different um And I really felt like I I could have gone the easy route and just found another job in the same industry doing the same thing. But I was tired of that because I'd been doing a lot of that, Um, you know? And it was like, I would get bored with my job. So I'm like, well, here's my opportunity to try something different. And so I did, I embarked on becoming a personal trainer. I did that for a while. And that was the stepping stone to the next thing that taught me that I really like to teach. I really like to educate. I really like to inspire. And I started meeting women that were, felt the same way about midlife as I did. There weren't any really, um, there wasn't anyone leading the charge, so Mm. to speak. There are now, and now that I've done more research and I'm more, you know, entrenched in it, I'm finding more and more people. But in the beginning, I kind of felt like I was this lost ship out at sea with really no direction and i was finding other women felt the same way Mm -hmm. and it was just so exciting to start working with them and teaching them and sharing what i was learning and realizing that together we can really make a difference and we can make a difference for others in the midlife you know part stage of their lives
1: i was reading this really good book i think it's by like a a danish scientist and uh, this has a point i swear (laughs) I'm okay. <laughs> just like, you know, people tell you wraparound stories and you're like, yeah. where's this going? Like, I'm like, Let's find out. Let's do I this. gotta put it in there early. Like, Hey, what, what's going on here? But like, it was, uh, it goes back to kind of what you were talking about women but he was essentially saying in the book like if you look at all the statistics from the 1800s to now that the world is actually a much better place than the news would tell you it is for that. And one of those things was the education of women. Throughout the course of that time to now, which has dramatically changed the landscape, I think, of midlife, but also in the quality of life for all humans in many ways, the empowerment and education of women, which you have seen and which has declined in the birth rate and those things. And because all of a sudden we're freeing up people to have more time to do the things they want to do in their life, which brings me back to my wraparound was is about and people say well there's something that i want to do or there's something that i want to kind of revolt against this idea how do you get people into the things that they want to actually do how do you kind of move them towards that
0: i think that you just start a dialogue mm-hmm. you start ask you know just asking them like i ask my clients what do you like to do yeah. what do you you know what's important to you we work on core values, like take them back to, you discovering what their core values are and what made them, why did they get into the job that they do? Why are they doing the things? Why do they like to ride their bikes on the weekends or whatever? You start helping them tap back into who they are and what's important to them. And then they can start, it, it opens, it opens up their field of vision to be a little bit more creative and to step out of their comfort zone and to realize oh yeah I did like this or I like this because x y and z and then they start experimenting and they start a little bit of curiosity and a little bit of adventure and it is small steps at a time you do one thing and then you do the next thing and then you contemplate something else and it's just it's always a journey and you're always just taking one small step
1: Do you ever run again into resistance from people, though, who's, you know, they've kind of been in one set, you know, people are very routine oriented, although they may want to experience a different version of midlife. They feel this very strong pull to just kind of have this traditional pathway to run into that. Definitely a lot.
0: And to be honest with you, until a person has opened up and is open to the curiosity and adventure, they're going to stay there. I can, you know, we all can talk to them and encourage them and show them the other side of it, but until they really embrace wanting to change that, and sometimes that takes losing a job, mm-hmm. losing a loved one, a divorce, um, children leaving home, you know, it takes a shake up for them to really go, okay, I am ready to, to look at this in a different way. And a lot of people can do lip service. Yep, I understand it. I know it's important. I should, but and then there's all the buts. And until you they remove the buts, yeah, they're going to stay stuck. They will.
1: What have you found is maybe the most powerful? I don't want to say obstacle. I don't want to say that. The most powerful, maybe roadblock or hindrance or something of that nature that keeps people from having a different midlife is it the children aspect is it the job what have you seen it seems to be kind of the the wall that's hard to get over
0: i think it's the idea of putting yourself first Mm. the idea of especially in women this really falls true right right because we have been conditioned our whole lives to take care of others we take care of our family we take care, we'll take care of our husband and we take care of our children if we have any and if and our roles even i know when i worked in an office i took care of the office so we're we're kind of conditioned to take care of everyone else so as women it's really difficult to flip that and give ourselves permission to put ourselves first with men my and i can only guess because obviously i don't work in that realm or live in that realm but <laughs> it's the giving yourself permission to not work so hard mm. giving yourself permission to enjoy life and not necessarily continue to strive for success that is around your you know your business your mm. career your business whatever that is you know it is realizing that there is more to life and being able to say it's okay to shut the door on my career for tonight or my my business especially business owners and that's true for men and women Shutting yeah. the door to the office and enjoying life, and not you know not continuing on continuing on that hustle, but feeling like you have to hustle, hustle, hustle.
1: You know, you made me think of this whole the term or phrase, midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? Like, do you know the origins of that, or what? Why is it so male centered? Also, you know
0: what? I have I do, I cannot tell you what the what the origins are, but my guess is is that women when they have midlife crises it's internal they keep Mm. it to themselves when men have midlife crises what what do you they they buy the sports car they divorce their their wives i mean this is the stereotype you know divorce their wives they date the younger woman whatever that is i think that men have a tendency to do their crises outwardly and women do their crises inwardly and so that's why you know, that's why it's associated with men so much, but women have the same thing. Yeah. I also think the word crises in general is negative, obviously, yeah. but it yeah. has a positive connotation because if you look at the definition in the, in the dictionary, definition is crises is a turning point for change, hmm. so a turning point for positive change it doesn't have to be negative change. It can be positive. So it, it's seen as it's described as a turning point for change.
1: I don't think most people think about it being that definition. <laughs>
0: no, not. I at mean, all. I
1: didn't know that. I'm sitting there like, what? I'm like, <laughs> yeah,
0: not at all. And so, the, again, that's another one of those terms that society, life in general, has put a negative spin on. When in fact, it it's pretty neutral or could have a positive outlook. Out, you know,
1: yeah, you see, if somebody says, oh, they're having a crisis of whatever, you think, oh, negative, negative, negative. Yes. It's like, oh man, Exactly. Terrible.
0: So where's the opportunity in it? Where's the learning curve? Where's the, mm. you know, where's the, it's hard. Don't get me wrong, any kind of crisis is difficult. And we're not trying, you know, not trying to negate that. But how can you look at it as an opportunity and a learning, a learning situation?
1: Because yeah. I think like when you look at, let's say the male point of view of a midlife crisis, I don't. I don't think it's ever considered positive, yeah. like by society. It's like, oh, there goes Jerry. He's having a midlife crisis. He's doing crazy stuff. It's never like, oh, he's doing positive, great things now. Exactly. Like, he turn. It's like always bad. And is and is then, there something innate about us that we always see it that way? I mean, what is that?
0: You know, I think innate. Yes, we do. But on top of that, honestly, what's been promoted? That is yeah. what has been promoted, mm-hmm. and it would be interesting to know. And I don't know the answer to this, but it would be interesting to know that of you know, of men that make this that they consider a crisis. How many? What percentage truly do the gonna buy the sports car, divorce yeah. my wife, gonna you know that kind of thing? But that's what's promoted. That's yeah. what you see. It's people joke about it. And it's really no joke, but I mean, yeah. it's, it's fodder for uh, you know, comedic routines and, and in movies and all those kind of things.
1: Yeah, I'd actually like to know that percentage of men that actually buy those things have these, yeah. you know, um, kind of experience that is very put out there by society. But I often think those things are not as prevalent as it is said, like it kind of just ran away. Some, it started and it just created a life of its own. I I term, agree. the phrase, because I find that and I want to know what you think about this. The older that I've gotten, the veil of life continues to like recede. Yeah. And you go, you know what? This isn't what I thought it was. If you dive deeper, the, the, a lot of the tendencies or things that you were taught, or maybe you learn, you're like, well, this is deeper than what I was taught about this, you know, maybe. These, Wisdom starts coming in, you start going, Wait a minute, I need yep. to challenge this exactly. idea. What's going on? You know? And, and I would agree with you 100%. And it, you're exactly right. It's
0: wisdom, it's our ability to, we're more neutral. We're willing to yeah. see both sides or explore both sides, whereas before we weren't. And it is, it's wisdom, it's our life experiences. It's, we become very aware that there are other points of view and there are other ways to live life and to look at things. And we're not willing to accept things at face value or what someone else tells us anymore. I would agree with you.
1: You know, it's also to made me think of just flooding with things. It's kind of like, you know, and people get, let's say they're in their forties or fifties and they don't want to tell you how old they are. You know, where does that come from? Like, what is the the mechanism behind the kind of this denial or I don't want you to know aspect of that, you know?
0: I think a fear of being irrelevant, a fear mm. of not being respected, you know, that as mm. we get older, we become irrelevant and we're not respected, which is interesting because in other cultures, yeah, the old, the, the wise man of the tribe, the wise woman of the tribe, they were revered they yes. were people came to them for their wisdom and their and understanding but i think now i think in the united states i think nowadays in our culture yeah, i think people are afraid of becoming irrelevant and
1: i mean that's powerful i Absolutely. mean why would
0: why would anyone want to tell their age if they're afraid so <laughs> that's where the movement comes in that we need to be loud and proud yeah who we are, what our age is, and what we have to offer, because we have a lot to offer.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the irrelevancy. I think people, they, you know, it kind of feeds into this whole aspect of uh, social media and different things and being like the likes and the engagement is like, I want to be relevant. I want people to know that I'm alive and that I'm worth something for that. And, uh, there's something insidious about that to me though on some level you know it's like whenever I've talked to somebody who won't tell me their age I'm like this is silly <laughs> I'm
0: like it, I would agree with you is it silly. is because it's something to be proud of really I mean it and really that's is I it. that's that's my yeah. perception and I have no problem telling people how old I am and I feel like it's kind of a badge of honor yeah you know? I've learned a lot I, I have a lot of wisdom and, and I have a lot more to give
1: it's funny because when you're a child, you want everybody to know how old you are. And you add a half on on nine and a half and 11. And you want to be older. Yes. You want to be older. And it's kind of like when I was telling my daughter this, she's almost 10. I'm like, you want to be an adult because you want the good things about being an adult, but not the responsibility behind it.
0: Well,
1: you can't escape that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It all comes together. That's for sure.
1: You know? So it's kind of like, if you also run into people sometimes who like, they want to be 20 again, you know, they want to be this whole backwards mentality of like, I want to change time. I want to go back to the best time of my life, you know, right. type of thing. I always look at the opposite. I'm like, well, you're fairly dumb during that time. I mean, you really are, you're really yeah. not intelligent. You're really not that intelligent. You don't have the wisdom, you don't have the experience to have experienced a lot of things and to know like, oh, you know, I've made that mistake before. I know what that's like. It's just like, you're just exactly. saying stuff you read or whatever, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. It is interesting and it's almost sad because it, it means that that person doesn't appreciate who they are yeah. at the age that they are and that they're they're obviously missing something, whatever that is. And they feel like they had it when they were in their 20s. Yeah. So, and, and those people are the people that you have to educate and hope that you can get them to understand that where they are in life is exactly where they need to be and it's a great time of life
1: do you think let's take it a little bit deeper do you think that also part of the crisis or midlife um kind of you know just going against yourself is the fear of death the mortality aspect if you see yourself getting closer to that point and it fearful. Definitely. I think that
0: especially when you're losing loved ones, you're used Mm -hmm. to losing your, you know, your parents, you know, you start looking at, wow, I have, I have, I mean, I've made Mm -hmm. it to 50. Now I probably have four, I hope I have 45 years left and those, you know, the years ahead you become, you know, get less and less, start to decline. Mm -hmm. And I think there are people that look at that and it's like, oh my gosh, it is an awakening. But I hope that it's an awakening to a point where you now make the most of your life because you're not done. Like we talked about, we're not getting in the rocking chair. We're not, it's not our mother's midlife. We have a bunch of opportunities that we can take a hold of. We just have to make the move. We have to do something.
1: Let me ask you something that's this is a little different. As I, I've gotten into this conversation with a lot of people. And I'm like, I don't know how many people actually want to be in this conversation, but they're like very into the concept of it's a conceptual idea of like, what if you took away midlife because people had a limitless life? Right. Immortality. How would that how do you think that would change how people feel about aging, really like lack of aging or a sense of like the things they would do with their lives?
0: you know, do you think, and I'm just throwing this out here. My first thought was if no one thinks that they'll die, do they just do, do they live a lackadaisical life? And do they not not make a change because there's no, there's no like something to push them to go, Oh, I really want to make the rest of my life, my best life. If they they live forever, (laughs) do they care about their health? Do they care about you know, uh, the activities that they do and making friendships and, and, you know, living like a, a real balanced whole life. Maybe they don't, maybe it doesn't matter.
1: I don't think people would do well with, uh, longevity, like true longevity, like hundreds and hundreds of years. I, I'm a pretty optimistic person, but I also know human nature. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it takes people eight hours to do two things in a day. <laughs> if they have, if you don't have a timeline for it, yep. that's the problem. There's no timeline. You're probably going to default to like, eh, I'll get to it later. Yep. That's the thing.
0: Well, and then the other piece about it is, you know, a lot of times when we hit midlife, we feel a need to give back, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of no longer are we taking care of other people. We want to step up and give back and make a difference in the community around us, in our families, our communities, the world. If you don't have a timeline, as who's stepping up to do that?
1: Who's yeah. stepping
0: up, you know? If, it do, if you just live forever, where's yeah. the motivation to make a difference in other people's lives? Yeah. I don't just
1: I've, read, I've read some pretty interesting stuff about how, you know, a lot of countries, the citizens of different countries, you know, traditionally it was more about the family lineage and taking care of people within the family. And, uh, and now, if you look at, for instance, like a country like China, where they're very low population birth rate just like the United States and traditional Chinese population was all about the family, current Chinese population is about themselves. And you can make the case that Americans are doing the same thing at this point. Now I wonder what that means because you're saying, well now I'm in midlife, I'm gonna take care of my, I'm gonna do stuff for myself. But what happens when you start doing stuff for yourself primarily early in life and then you reach midlife?
0: So the idea I think behind doing stuff for ourselves or doing things for ourselves is not a selfish thing. Mm. It's more that getting to the point where we we set boundaries because we're, you know we are, we are important to ourselves. We know what our boundaries are, but at the same time we can set those boundaries and still give. You know, we can we can take care of ourselves and we can we can be number one in our lives, so to speak, but that fills us up to the point where then we can give. And that's the idea. I mean, that's what you hope the idea is. It's not a selfish act. Yeah. It's an act of taking care of yourself so that you are at a place that you can reach out and take care of others, including your family, including, yeah. um, you know, if, if world hunger is your, you know, is your platform, whatever that would be, you have to be Filled up and full in order to be able to give
1: out. Yeah, I find this all very fascinating because I think like there's within our lifetimes there's been a massive shift in how we view aging yes. and midlife and what does that mean? I mean, I remember so vividly talking to my grandma when I was 16, and uh, you know, I've always been very fit and stuff. And she's like, "Well, you know, when when you get like 50 and stuff, your body's gonna fall apart." And, you know, it's just how it is. And you you get older and things start breaking down. And I remember telling my grandma, I was like, not me. And she thought I was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? And I'm, you know, I'm close to my mid forties and I'm pretty much look exactly the same as I did when I was 16 in terms of musculature. I'm very fit. Same. And I, and I, you know, what's strange, like that statement drove me so hard. I was like, I'm going to prove her wrong. I'm going yep. to prove right. Cause I, I always early, I questioned this whole aging and how people look at certain ages and certainly how they lived. And I always felt like there was a sense of giving up always from people. I knew this, this like, well, this is just what happens.
0: Yep. And, and there are, and people still believe that. Like I have, strange. I, still, I still have some personal training clients and I have a gal who's mm-hmm. 75. She's in great shape. She runs, she's mm-hmm. active. And yet she gets some aches and pains. And the mm-hmm. first thing, you don't want to get old. And I'm like, oh <laughs> my goodness, you are in great shape. But what it are you is, talking about <laughs> that's what it's ingrained. It is ingrained that yeah. as we age, our body's going to fall apart and we're going to be stuck sitting in the rocking chair yeah. on the front porch. And yes, our body ages, but we can take care of it. Yeah. and we can do something about that and you know we can do the best that we we can treat it the best that we can mm-hmm. so that it lasts longer uh we have all that ability but that your grandmother's age group my mother's mm-hmm. age group was just like life happens to you you don't know have <laughs> life just happens, it just, need-
1: happens. Yeah,
0: it just happens it just happens and you live with whatever the consequences are of yeah. the life that's happening to you and that's That's the message. Life does not have to happen to you. You can happen to life. And that's where you can make a difference. Does that mean that as we age, we'll have a few more aches and pains? Sure. Sure, But I'm hoping that I have taken care of myself well enough that those aches and pains are blips and don't sideline me. Those kind of things. I
1: think we've got to change the narrative completely. Remember the term over the hill? This person's over the hill.
0: Yeah. You still see it on cards i'm like really no I'm like
1: why are we saying this I'm like yeah. <laughs> like it's like what does that even mean like exactly way, like
0: what if, what if what's on the other side of the hill is better than what was on <laughs> the other side of the hill hey maybe it's not so bad to be over the hill
1: i know I'm like it was just like these these self-fulfilling prophecies uh, people were mm-hmm. like you're just gonna follow you know what you've re- you're at this point you just this is what it is you're old yeah. You know it's like don't try. Don't, don't try. try That's down. what the whole thing is. Don't try. Don't try to deep, you know, you were young once and you yeah. had a great, but don't try anymore. It's just, let, it's, it's gravity. You know, it's you let you down. Yeah, yep. don't do that. It's like, yeah. and a whole nation of people telling each other that. And I just think the more people who just fight that because it's not true, it's, an, it's a mirage. Generally speaking, of course, there's a clock ticking down. Nobody's saying, hey, I do this. I'm going to be living forever. Exactly. But it's going to be a much better lifespan for you. Yeah. You know, you're not just like going to fall apart like you're some machine that just lost all of its nuts and bolts or something. Exactly. As you walk along,
0: pieces start falling off. Just apart.
1: blink, 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 blink. Oh, there goes this foot. Oh, that's like... exactly yeah that happens when you do nothing yes
0: (laughs) that is exactly right and that's the narrative that's the narrative that we hear the greeting cards that your grandmother telling because that's what she knew Mm. just like my mother she doesn't know anything different they weren't told anything different they weren't modeled anything different so it's up to us you in your Mm mid-40s me in my mid-50s and the other and others to show people that it's different and in to you know, in the media, have the media start realizing yeah. that it's different and, and share a different narrative. That's the hope. That's the goal. And it's starting, tiny, yeah. but it's. Smart.
1: By the way, Laura, you look fantastic in your mid-fifties. I mean, seriously, let's say you're in a time machine, and somebody sent you back to a time when people were fifty-five. Look like how they <laughs> looked you yes. would be an alien. It would be so you would be like so you'd be like no 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 no. i don't think so you know it's like but you're like you're proof look at you you look amazing thank you yeah thank you.
0: i'm actually going to be 58
1: in november oh I'm, my gosh it's crazy I'm almost 60.
0: yeah but See? i and you know what it, it's funny because i think of 60 and that in my my first thought is oh that's old and then i think well wait a minute though i'm 50 i'm 57 almost 58 and yeah. i feel great It's not gonna be old, but guess what? That conditioning, 60 it's like, whoa, that's old.
1: You're still fighting that programming, you know? Yes,
0: definitely, definitely. And And the way to fight it is just to live life and and to prove to yourself and others around you that it doesn't have to be like this. I'm hoping, my goal is that I am modeling a midlife that my girls, I have a daughter who's 33 and a daughter who's 28. And I'm hopefully modeling a life that means that when they hit my age, the sky's the limit, they can do yeah. whatever they want.
1: That's so true. And I think we're, we, we have such a similar viewpoint on this. Like I was like my daughter and I'm like, I want her to remember me like this. Yeah. And that she, oh, throughout my dad's life he's just always been active and taking care of himself and, yeah. and vibrant and not to be like, sorry, you know, I was good for a while. <laughs> and then yeah. I just blew tell up your, man
0: tell your children oh you know what you're don't don't turn 50 it's gonna yeah. be terrible you're not gonna <laughs> like it. no way no way
1: think about it you are becoming smarter hopefully more wise yeah you're actually gaining the keys to life as you get older
0: oh so much more so that comment about wanting to be 20
1: yeah no way no
0: no way shape or form i do. you know i enjoyed my 20s i enjoyed my 30s i enjoyed my 40s but i am i am enjoying each stage that much more i have no desire to
1: go back to my 20s no no that's wonderful man i I tell you what this was even better conversation than the first one we had this is like i'm enjoying it totally i was just like you know the chemistry you have with people over time. You you meet them, and that's part of aging too. Is that, you know it is. relationship building with people over time, and as you learn about yourself, and you gain wisdom, you're able to have better conversations with people. Hopefully, because yeah, you're more definitely. assured about yourself.
0: And, and you know it's exciting to have like like our conversation today is is so it it makes you think and it may expands expands the wisdom that you have and you ban. And forth and you you look at things in different perspectives and it's it's awesome it's that it's that continued growth it's that yes. it's yeah it just keeps you alive and i love it these conversations are awesome and it's what's going to take what's needed to change the narrative so that people look at midlife as different as, yeah. you
1: know, i was very pulled towards this conversation you know when we were chatting like oh let another one but the first time we did i was like yeah yeah this is definitely like this is a good conversation to have. And it's funny because on Thursday, I'm talking with two ladies who their whole podcast is called Life After 30. What? And so they're all things about being 30 and what does that mean and stuff. Yeah. So,
0: I think each, st- and, and you know what? Each stage comes with its own set of problems, so to speak, yeah. or you know, wait. You know, like the 20 year olds have a whole different set of pressure on them, mm-hmm. also. Maybe, you know, we look, we talked about and joked about how wouldn't want to go back because they yeah. weren't very smart, but they have their own set of sure. issues that they're dealing with and pressure. 30 year olds, the same thing. So each yeah. stage has its own different, has something to deal with.
1: Yeah. And you know what, it's like for 20 somethings, just so you guys know, you're not dumb. It's just <laughs> that you're intelligent, but it's like, how can you be super intelligent about life if you haven't barely lived it?
0: Well, this you know, they're smart yeah you're right they're smart they're smarter on a lot of different like sure. all that social media and the tech stuff yeah. oh my gosh they run rings around me but like you said the common sense of life and the experience of life they haven't lived it yet yeah
1: and you, and you earn that over time you just That's gotta true. time is the great equalizer for so many humans it's a currency that no human could afford you can't buy it back you, you know it's not a retail product it's just it is what it is, and you have to earn time, and the wisdom from time comes from just the years yeah. and the experiences, and that's why I feel like when you're at whatever the range midlife is currently, if it's in your fifties, yeah. you've 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 amassed so much living, yeah, hopefully that you've become this kind of sage person, hopefully.
0: Yeah, you know, and you know, and living good and bad.
1: You, yeah, you
0: yeah. almost learn more from the hard experiences yeah. than you do the good experiences. Yeah. But you got to have the hard experiences to know what a good experience is. If we don't yeah. have anything to compare it to, you don't know.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the danger of like constant happiness and wanting to always things to go well all the time. Yeah. It's like, well, how do you learn from that? I don't know. I mean,
0: right. Like, right. It'd be great to be happy all the time, but huh? I, how do you know? Is that, does that get you to, are you just status quo
1: then? Because yeah. there's more. Do you stay right. in the status quo? I don't know. Right. I think it's, uh, they're all compelling conversations. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. That yeah.
0: would be a really good conversation.
1: Yeah, it would be actually, that'd be pretty good because it's uh, it's just a deeper dive into all of these things. They're all merging and coming together. And um, they're meaning. The point is they're meaningful. Yeah. If it's a meaningful conversation, I certainly want to have it for that. So. Laura, thank you so much for your time. This has been—I look, looking like, man, 48 minutes. Jeez, just cruising, wow. doesn't it? Cruising, man. Well, listen, you keep being you. Keep being a champion for midlife and changing the narrative. I'll do my part too.
0: All right, you do that. It's great talking to you, and we'll do this again.
1: Yeah, that'll be awesome. You know, because right. because we're gonna get older. <laughs> That's right.
0: We're gonna we're gonna do it in probably another six to eight months. We'll be six to eight months older. Yeah, yeah. We'll see where we are then.
1: That's right. Thanks a lot, Laura. right
0: talk to you soon thank you for listening to this episode of dr d's social network make sure you listen to future episodes also please make sure to rate and review my dad's show on apple podcast in the rate and review section thanks everyone